I'm not the first moron to start an upfitting company and kind of fiddle my way through it. I can get in behind some of the other people and be like, hey, how did you do this? Hey guys, it's Sam from the 2448. And on today's show, we have Travis Matthews from Light the Way NC. They do lighting installs and all sorts of really cool upfits on patrol cars and law enforcement vehicles, fire truck vehicles, all sorts of stuff in North Carolina. Travis is also a firefighter and is going to tell us his story today. So welcome to the show, Travis. Give me your, uh, kick this off with like your background. What, what your, what's your company name? Where are you from? That sort of thing. So we're based out of Moore County. Our company's uh, Light the Way LED. We do emergency vehicles. Emergency vehicle lighting is kind of what we do. Um, we do a little bit of anything 12 volt, so we're kind of right in the same line of what you're doing here. We sell a bunch of fire tech stuff. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we've been doing it for now for six years, seven years, somewhere in there. That's cool. Um, started, and you're a fireman too, right? Yep, fireman too, full-time fireman. I work for the city of Charlotte on Engine 12, uh, Road Warriors. Woo! <laughs> um, also, I'm at... I'm a captain there. I'm also a captain at Cypress Point Fire and Rescue in uh, Moore County on the water rescue team in Moore County. So busy, busy, busy. That's cool. So y'all do lighting installations. Yes. You do upfits. Upfits, the whole nine. The whole, whatever, on, on just small vehicles? You guys do fire trucks, that sort of thing? The big trucks, we do more of the refurb stuff. We don't do the full bodies. We're not to that far yet. I'm, yeah. I think that's... I don't know if that's... If I tell this out loud, my wife sees this, she'll lose her mind. But it's it's uh, <laughs> it's... Way down the road, maybe, but it's not in the five-year plan to be there. Yeah. Um, we're still expanding. I've moved from a – we sold our house, which had our garage and shop there, and I've moved to a much smaller space, and so now I can only fit one car in. Oh, interesting. But we're looking to expand again to get back into the two and three cars at a time. That's awesome. How did it all start? You were – so you're a fireman. Were you a fireman before you started the business, or did you start the business and then became a fireman? Yeah, I was a fireman before the business. Um, I've been doing upfitting forever, just – doing it not as being the fireman that does upfitting or i know a guy that, that <laughs> yeah. was me so and as things progress it finally become of i mean we can make a dollar out of this we yeah. might be able to make something and it started out it's funny enough it started with the off-road bars just like oh nice cheap chinese whatever spotlights we could throw on that everybody hates right up down the road that was us that's what yeah. we did <laughs> so and i spun it into i mean I'm putting blinky lights in fire trucks all the time, and I'm the guy of, why is this relay messed up, or what's wrong with this? And Yeah. So we turned it into that and started the company, and we've gone from there to now we're doing probably 30 cars a year. Oh, wow, that's there. awesome. Yeah. So. Why did you get into, um, like, when, were you guys, was your family business people, or was your family firefighters? I feel like these two things often go together, <laughs> but how did you get kind of. No, it's it, it's funny. So. I'm the first generation fireman. There's no, I'm the first one. I remember at six years old, I went to Cameron Fire Station in downtown Cameron. It's, I mean, the building's still there, the town owns it, but I can remember walking in that door and looking at 222 and 228 going, I'm going to ride those one day. No way. And my mom was like, you're never going to do that. And you got to get out of high school before you can do it because I was a full time student and baseball and band, all yeah. those things. So went from there and uh, finally, Joined in 2006. The little fire station? The little fire station. Was it in Cameron? Yep. Joined no Cameron way. Fire Department in 2006. Uh, they're in their new building. Um, new-ish. New to me. It's not the little tiny one it was. But Yeah. Joined in 2006 and uh, been there ever since. And they merged with 
Vass and Vass Rescue in 2010, which made Cypress Point. Oh, interesting. Um, so now it's a three-station. Uh, there's the camera station, Vass, Woodlake. Uh, we're building our fourth out on Young's Road uh, right now, actually. That's cool. So i got to put radios and <laughs> a new fire station. So <laughs> did you always, like, when you were six years old, you saw these fire trucks out, I want to do this. Oh, yeah, I want to do this. I want to be a fireman. So What was driving that? What do you think was don't so know. cool about it? Out of nowhere, just one of those, I thought this was the coolest thing since sliced bread. and That's awesome. That passion has been there from there to going to school. I went to school for fire science. Um, went to UNC Charlotte for fire science, and that's how I got on at Charlotte. Um, one of the places how me got me pointed that direction. Yeah. And that's why I'm not at like a Raleigh or a Cary or somewhere near me. And because I was going to school at UNC Charlotte. And oh, interesting. I was like, I'm right down the street, and I joined a little fire department up there while I was there. Um, it's closed now. It's Newell Volunteer Fire Department. It's closed at this point. It closed in 2010, Why is the fire department closed? The city took over. Oh, yeah. So it's if the fire station caught on fire, What's the, city the fire department didn't go to it. It's weird. That's so awesome. there was a church fire down the street, and we heard it go out. We're like, wait a minute. You step outside, and you're like, oh, it is burning. Yeah. So we're not dispatched to it. We had to add ourselves to it. No way. And you had to go five miles down the road to get our first area. Oh, that's weird. So it's it same way it is now. There's a little fire department called Robinson. If the fire station catches on fire, they don't go. No way. <laughs> so That's just because the city's been the growing city's so much. The city's growing so much, and it's taken over the areas. Um Robinson may still go to theirs, but it's one of those. The city's growing. Anything that's not a municipality is being taken over by the city. So yeah. it's, I mean, heck, Charlotte's got 43 fire stations now. Yeah. <laughs> and looking to build 44 and 45. So, yeah. So they're building and growing, and it's just how I ended up in Charlotte, and I don't know where the passion came from. It did, and um, the upfitting side, I mean, I was 12 volts, you 16 years old, and you're adding – speakers in your car and subwoofers and all this stuff and that was me and it was me and a buddy of mine did it till i was i mean i had this little ford ranger with two 12s in the back and you can't hear a thing <laughs> so it's one of those it just it's grown from a thought to realization and yeah kind of got upset at a point inside the little volunteer fire department politics or thing yeah, so politics i like that word um Volatics sort of thing, and got mad of I don't have to do this every day. I have to kill myself or something that's not taking me anywhere. Let's try something else for a while. Mm. I never left there. I just didn't work there as much, and then like the way it's just freaking taking off. And that's awesome. Um, we're getting calls every day. So, what were the early days of Light the Way like? Slow. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, who was your first customer? Do you remember? A uh, buddy of mine, Andrew Sykes. Uh, he sold actually. I just texted him a little while ago. He said. He saw my little Instagram thing coming up here. And oh, nice. He said, where are you at? I took a picture of the truck out front. He's like, oh, I know where that is. That's awesome. So, yeah, um, he was our first customer. He literally bought two little pod lights about six inches long to That's put awesome. on his tractor. So, yeah, that was our first sale. Um, they're still on there today. That's awesome. <laughs> he sent me something a few weeks ago. He's like, they still work? And I was like, man, it's been <laughs> six years. I would have thought they'd have died yeah. years ago. That's but funny. it's, I mean, that was part of the deal. I'm selling cheap whatever in the beginning and how'd you get kicked off because i remember when i started in the early days of high vis i don't know if a lot of people know this but our businesses were not not very different back in the day now we make the lights today but back in the day i was i can't remember who i used to sell for i would buy i think sound off from vance fitzsimmons at 
some West Virginia signal. It was like a right. lighting distributor. And I'd call and say, hey, man, can I get a price on a hideaway light? And I'd install it for a guy and send him down the road. But how did you begin to establish relationships with the companies that, that made the products? So reached out at first just to see who would kind of, hey, we're starting up. Phoenix was our first one. Oh, interesting. Um, and that was in their time of they would take anybody. Like, oh, interesting. You had, oh, you can put lights on cars? Here you go. But you had a buy-in uh, just like everybody else does. Pretty much every company out there has some So it's a minimum of stocking yeah. or something you like that. You buy $500, and I was like, well, I can spend $500. Years ago, I can spend $500 putting lights on my truck. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll up in my car and yeah. start my business. Yeah. So that was kind of the deal. Um, that's how we started there. And then it's progressed from that to just calling and getting the name out there. And that's um, somebody saying, hey, I want to put this on a vehicle. Or have you thought about going with this company? Like our Body lighting right now for the bigger trucks is done by Technic. Oh, interesting, um, yeah. Out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. So before you started making yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those of, they were a great company. They got a lifetime warranty, and I can put them on a truck, and I don't have to worry about them forever. Sure. Um, and I was like, well, that's perfect because it's just me. I don't yeah. want a thing to die in two years. Stuff I did two years ago going to show back up and dying. Like, why am I doing this again yeah. for free? Yeah. So it's one of those. That's where that came from. Um, like I reached out to them, and they're like, yeah, sure. Would you go find a customer first and say, hey, what do you want me to do to your vehicle? And they'd tell you, I want to put scene lights, warning lights, siren, whatever. Or would you go and say, hey, I, may, I, I got access to all this stuff. Do you guys want it? <sighs> kind of each way. I've had people reach out, but like, this is what we want. Can you do that? Or yeah. – we want it done this way. Uh, I've had ones like, we want it to be, I want a Wheeland Liberty put on top of my truck. But like, oh, okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah, find and a I'll way. And i start finding someone. a way to get on the Googles and figure out somebody to sell me local, not local. Uh, somebody will sell me a light bar, I promise you. Yeah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> and and that's, that's how we started it is it's done that. And now I've got accounts with all kinds of people. That's um, cool. What's the harder part? Is getting the product the harder part or is actually doing the installation and making it clean, that sort of stuff harder? The installation is what becomes the harder piece. I mean, the getting the product, if you order in from some companies, it'll take 14, 16, 18 weeks to get oh, something. Oh, wow. Like, it's ridiculous. And some stuff, um, I can order an Aftershock. I ordered it two weeks ago. It's sitting at my door. Interesting. So, I mean, I've got some companies that are two weeks. I've got some companies that are a few days. How did you learn how to put that stuff on? I feel like trial that's not, a, error. not an easy thing to pick <laughs> no. up. Yeah. Walk uh, me through that. So a lot of trial and error, along with my vehicles, um, one of the guys that I was on a volunteer fire department, we, we joked about it after the company started of remembering when we just put stuff together and it's like right to the battery. And there's no fuses. There's no <laughs> yeah. nothing. You, yeah. you just hit the brake wrong and sparks come out from under the dash. Like It started from those ugly, ugly beginnings. Yeah. And that's and that's years ago. I mean, that's 2006. I mean, that's just put it together and hope for the best. But now it's it's gone. I've got some of the best, my mind, some of the best upfitters in the world. i got two or three guys working with me. That's cool. And we've gone from you pulling a console apart and it looks like a bird's nest to i got pictures of consoles. It's just, all the wires run down one side. It's just as clean as they can be. Yeah. Because in five years, I don't remember how I put that together. I yeah. Mean, I've got pictures of it, but. Space is only space. I've only got space for so much. So, so. is each vehicle, like, especially, the fire, like, are every, is everyone a custom-built, unique product? Or are you kind of doing, like, all right, I'm going to do 10 of these things the same way? Or what's your layout process? So, some of them, yes, is very 
one-off spec, um, prime example, Wadesboro. I got Wadesboro's, I guess, the utility in there now. Um, that's the one we're doing. And he brought to me, this is what I want. I want mm. six lights in the grill, four lights under each side. I want bar lights, or a visor light in the front. I want these uh, traffic advisors down each side. So, okay, we can do that. Well, he come up with the spec, and I've got to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. So I'm going to put a sound-off blueprint system in it, and now it's plugged into the car and all that stuff of being able to figure out how to make that all the pieces jive and talk to each other. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been a learning curve. Um, <laughs> going to class and sitting in to learn blueprint, going to school, going to send my upfitters to school because I can just have mine and yeah. let them do their thing. But if they can sit in class and learn the same thing I did, then they know they're that much better. Yeah. Um, Tell but, me about the early days in your business. Like, or maybe not the earliest days, but like when you think about those first couple cars. They were rough. Well, yeah. <laughs> what were you learning or, or what, like, how did that all come about? So the first uh, first build I ever had was Cypress Points. Uh, Cypress Point Squad 21. It's a Dodge Ram 2016, I think. Yeah. It's still in service today. I saw it this morning as I was leaving out. They were going on a call. So it's one of those, hey, I built that. Um over engineering everything like I, the wire is the main wire going in is way too big like i'm just oh, figuring it out and going on like how many amps is this pull and how much wire do i need to do this and my look that's been that way since we started is i'm not the first moron to take this thing apart <laughs> and yeah. some other person took it apart and put it on youtube yeah so to get grills off and bumpers off and this that and the other is i'm just a just kind of gritty get through i'm a <laughs> dumb kid from Moore County. So I, I'll figure it out, but somebody else done it. In the early days, it was very, very rough trying to find ignition signal, um, falling back on Facebook and all these other forums of how did you do this or how did they do this or calling on other upfitters or some in the state, some out of the state. I'd call up like, man, you built one of these. How does this work? Yeah, if you call someone out of state, they're not competing with you. I'm sure yeah, they'll tell you. I'm, like, oh, I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm, I can call my guy in Texas, uh, Ultimate Lighting Solutions. Uh, he called him up, like, hey, man, how's this work? Yeah. Um, or I got one actually in the uh, state. Um, he works at Performance Dodge. Thomas Hall, he's an upfitter. Oh, nice. Uh, he works for Fable Fire Department. It's one of those. I can call him up and be like, hey, man, how do you do this? Yeah. We were buddies before I knew that he was an upfitter. Yeah. After we got started, he called me. He's like, I didn't know you were doing this. That's interesting. Here, I feel like there's this professional, like, professional group of people that do right. this that are kind of a unique grouping group, you know like yeah. these people work somewhere yeah how do you think the fire service has helped you or how is it tied to your business what's been the the connection there gaining a i mean gained a lot of customers from it being able to talk to firefighters and just be able to walk in and be like knowing the lingo yeah. being able to say well i i work here it's not just some random dude walking in the fire station going, oh, so you red lights. Yeah. It's, hey, I know what this rig does. I know what this truck's going to do. I know what its life's going to be in this fire station. And here's the what I can give you. And here is the warranties with it and my warranty and so on and so forth. Uh, mm. Learn how to talk to people has helped a lot. I mean, because you're going to. The bell's going to hit, and you're going to see somebody you've <laughs> never seen before, and you're never going to see again, probably. Yeah. And, being able to talk to that person on a one-on-one basis and be able to carry on a conversation, even if what hurts. Yeah. Uh, and 
Sometimes. You're talking patient wise. Like you'll you'll see these people you can have to just Yeah, you'll never you'll yeah. you'll have to talk to them and yeah. there's no other way to be like, I don't want to talk to you. You've got to talk to this yeah. person. So and that helped out a lot of becoming coming out of the shell of learning how to talk to people and then loan a lingo of the fire department of messing with people with host stretchers and this, that and the other, of learning all that and the backside and then that yeah. helps go into the upfitting side of I can just call the fire chief and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Being straight up with people. Yeah. Um, we were part of that Moore County power outage thing for days. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. What happened? I, I, I saw the story on the news, but I never knew actually what went on. Some yahoo or yahoos, I don't know yet, is they went and shot up these power stations, like three or four of them. Maybe two or three of them. I don't know. But they shot up these little power stations, not little. And they knocked out power to 40,000 people in Moore County. Holy cow. On a Saturday That's at 8 crazy. o'clock. Like, pew, turn the lights out. And they don't just have these, I guess they're not generators, but whatever they are, they don't just have these things laying there. Yeah. They've got to go find them. I mean, there's not just, oh, yeah, I can pick, them or I get can them or pick a light off the shelf and put it back, or I can flip a breaker. It's one of those, of, they shot these things and they had to truck them in. Holy cow. It ain't like you've got a Google search of where to find this thing. Lowe's don't have it on the shelf. So they had to truck these things in. There was people out for days. Interesting. Four or five days. So Did that impact y'all's fire service stuff and your business stuff? And the, what was that? The business side, the fire service, other than Moore County, everything else was fine. You could literally drive across the line into Sanford and Lee County. And yeah. It's like nothing was wrong. <laughs> Interesting. So like the world in Moore County stopped for four or five days and everywhere else just kept right on going. So the business had to shut down for four days. I was in the middle of a four day of, I'm going to work on trucks this whole time. Yeah. And now I'm sitting at home in the dark with my dog going, this is terrible because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. So either do that or go to the fire station. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the fire station got heat and a warm shower and food. And so, I mean, it, it was great to be part of that community to be able to help community rattling around each other. It was awesome to see, then bring food trucks by the fire stations and this, that, and the other oh, that's cool. to be able to give people somewhere to go. Um, it's actually kind of awesome to see. It's one thing if it's a hurricane, you can kind of brace for that. Yeah. Um, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, somebody turns the lights off, and they don't come on till Thursday. That's different. Yeah, that's it's different than like knowing it's coming, yeah. right? I mean, it's one thing if hurricane's coming down the road, and you're like, well, it's in Florida, and it'll be here in 48 hours. I'm going to go get some water. It's yeah. milk and bread like everybody else buys for their milk sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't just go buy that stuff. Like We lost everything in our fridge. Like, it's gone. That's crazy. Um, some people lost a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, the saving grace we can have is it happened when it did and not now or in February when it's 20 degrees outside. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. The loss of life would have been catastrophic. Interesting, yeah. Because people would have – people just don't know how to turn the switch and be able to – go in survival mode and some people can't um, yeah uh, if you're old and whatever there's no one around to call the phones don't work now so if the phone doesn't work you can't call 911 for no one to come help you oh, that's a good point yeah. so it's one of those if we saw that of just kind of perusing around seeing the area see if there's anything we can help with we didn't really get that much busier than normal but yeah um some stations did Southern Pines run their tail off. They just <laughs> wreck after wreck after wreck because now none of the stoplights work stop in the city and the people yeah. can't drive when there's no stoplight. That's wild. Everybody acts like it's a green light. It just goes right through. It doesn't work that way. That's it doesn't wild. work well. I can't imagine. I, mean, I feel like that's just got to be such a big incident that you wouldn't even 
You wouldn't even know how to begin to handle it. Because you don't right. train for power outages, but when they're that big and that impactful. Right. Immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that we've done snowstorms, but yeah. you're watching it come across the country and you know it's coming. You know. Yeah. You know it's coming. You can brace. You can be like, all right, we're going to fuel all the saws and we know that we're going to have trees down and ice down and we can figure out staffing before. But when they flip the switch at 8 o'clock, you're like, hmm. I have to figure out staffing in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, and that's crazy. And I've got crazy. four people on a fire truck, and that's it. Yeah. Because we only run four at night. I mean, we just don't have the personnel to run three stations full of people. So tell me more about your fire service kind of career. Because you, you spend time in the volunteer fire stations and in the city? Yes. How does that work? So I probably don't give the volunteer fire department the time it needs. I do a lot of stuff. Not in the fire station. Um, I'm over turnout gear for Cypress Point. We do a lot of turnout gear stuff on the backside. I know we talked about yours earlier. Yeah. Um, so my time at Cypress Point is pretty much just running calls, trading on Tuesday night, stuff like that. But then it's doing the other stuff of, hey, my suspenders broke. Well, let me order suspenders from MES because that's where I got to get them from. Yeah. And I do a lot of the backside that people don't see. Yeah. Um, for did you always do that or like how did you come up through the ranks there so <clears throat> i actually just tested for uh captain God, been captain there for seven eight years now oh cool. so I mean, it was one of those we don't do the hey do you, is this your buddy do you want him to be a captain it's, yeah. it's actually a process so you do a whole same thing it's a lot less in depth as like charlotte is but yeah you do a process you do a written test you did a fire scenario you did an interview process and then the fire chief takes all those, and he kind of goes from there of promoting. Um, Charlotte's was the same deal, a lot more in depth, but it's a written test and fire scenarios and questionnaires and a panel interview when I went through. Now the panel interview's gone, but they do a different interview with a camera, and I don't think I could do Oh, that. wow. Interesting. <laughs> now it's a fire problem with a camera staring you in the face, and I don't think I could do a camera staring me in the face going, <laughs> like, you, yes. like we are but, but you're in a room with yeah. a light on, and the light comes on, and you go. And you just go, and you're like, um, I don't know if I could just – there's no one else to conversate with. Yeah, and, interesting. Um, but, yeah, each place was a little different. Uh, went up through the ranks from uh, Cypress Point, literally just went straight to captain. I was a – they don't have, like, a senior firefighter. It was uh, you're either on probation um, or you come off, and then I've been a fireman there for – I guess it was about 10 years before I got promoted um, to captain, and then I've been the – captain there for i guess it's been eight nine years now i'm trying That's to cool. figure so out how my long you in it cyprus 2006 is when i joined so, holy cow uh yeah i've been there for 12 years now longer than that gotta be longer than that short of 20 that's probably yeah 16, 16 like years that. yeah, yeah <laughs> that's a long time from a math in my head here how did you go so you started in the volunteer fire service started promoting up through those ranks or just yep. learning the ropes <clears throat> did you immediately go to the fire school like to learn to, to charlotte to apply and become a career fireman or how did you go from like I'm a kid, I'm a high schooler, now I'm going to jump into the fire service, that's going to be my first career. So I was uh, the kid, went to high school, jumped into the volunteer fire department, and I was going to school at St. Louis Community College for architectural engineering. Oh, really? So I had done CAD my entire high school career, and I did a two-year degree for architectural engineering. Oh, wow. And then in the middle of that, I met my girlfriend, then wife now. Um, actually, we'd gone to high school together. We just reconnected in college. That's awesome. And we reconnected in college, and she was going to UNC Charlotte. And I was doing a fireman thing there in Cameron, and I was like, 
And in architecture school at the same time. In architecture school at the same time. And I was like, so let me try the fire science. I went up there with uh, the college itself. actually went up to go look at the architectural engineering side at UNC Charlotte. There's a school there, too. And we got up there, and I sat through their spiel, and I was like, I don't feel like construction manager is what I want to do every day. Interesting. Like, I don't want to sit at a desk. And <laughs> What was it that you didn't like about it? I just The desk? <laughs> just sitting at a desk every day going. So admin's not in the yeah, uh, fire service no, career no, no, for no, you. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I hate doing reports, and that's what I do now is reports. Oh, uh, no. So it's it's one of those you sit in front of the computer like, this is terrible. That's I just funny. want to be busy around calls. Now I get done with that busy call, i got to yeah. go back and type on computer. So um, didn't want to just sit in a computer all day. And went to the fire science, and I talked to the professors there, and they kind of led me in the direction. Here's the classes you got to take. And what do you tell them? Like, hey, I'm a volunteer somewhere. I'm curious. Kind of what is yeah, this? Yeah, kind of curious to send me up here. Just pretty much told them. I said, hey, I'm just up here for um, with San Diego Community College. I want to do the uh, architectural engineering stuff, the construction management. And I'm not really interested in that. But <laughs> this interests me, and I'm here can we talk Might about it? Might as well hear it. Yeah. yeah. While I'm here, can we talk about it? And they kind of sent me the path, and I was like, man, this is great. And then you start looking of every large municipal fire department pays you some type of extra. Oh, really? have For having a degree in it? Degree in it. What? So, so what does it actually – I don't know anything about that degree. What does it teach you? What's the difference? A little bit of everything. So they've changed what they were doing when I graduated in 2012 because I had to go back and take two classes. I'm a, one of the six-year college students. Ah, perfect. I was yeah. a zero-year college student, so you're in so, good shape. Well, I had it down. I was down to – you went two years at San Luis Community College, and it was supposed to be two years after. But I had to do three for – or no, it was two. It was two, but I was going to do one more semester to get me through Yeah. just because of classes, how they lined up. Um, and I got hired by Charlotte in September of 2010, and they literally walked to recruit school, and they went, every class you're in, drop them. So it was either you want to be a firefighter or you want to work for the city. And no way. And they've changed that since then. But it's it was one of those of, all right. So then you had to push it another year. I had to push it back, and then I had to wait for the classes to come around because they were even years and odd years. Oh, no. So I had to – the next year, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Because I was in an even year. I had to wait for the next even year to come through to be able to take the classes. So, so what was the decision like when you said, all right, yep, I'm done with architecture school? I just, it was just sitting – it was literally – I remember sitting in class – in front of a computer on CAD drawing stuff. And I have my pager on my side, just a real volunteer in the world. Yeah, yeah. And the thing goes off, and I'm like, you know, I want no part of this computer. No part of me wants to be here. And I would run from Sand Hills to Cameron to go run calls. No way. And it was one of those self-driven classes of you just got to, here's a task. I remember to this day. You had to build an advanced auto parts, but it had to not look like an advanced auto parts from the outside. Interesting. And you had to do all the stuff of figuring out, how many bricks is it going to take? How much <laughs> How much drywall? How much of this? What does this sign cost? How much does the shelves cost? Yeah. And then come over the end of this is how much this place is going to cost to build. And that was, I was like, no part of me wants to do that. <laughs> Unbuckle that belt and yeah. jump off that no, ship. I'm, huh? I'm good. But it, I mean, every time the pager went off and it sounded half decent, structure fire side the other, I would get up and leave. Yeah. And I'd come back the next day, where'd you go? I had more important things to do. Like, yeah. No part of me wants to be here. So how'd you apply this. or what did you apply? Like that transition must have had like one of those jumping off moments where you said, I'm going to go put my name in the hat. I'm going to work at the city of Charlotte. What was that like? Yeah. It was literally just sitting in class one day of listening to people, just upperclassmen going through going, well, I've applied my second year, my third year and I'm not getting hired. I'm going, 
So it's not one of those sign up and get in. It ain't one of those. It ain't like Cameron Fire Department is sign up. And here you go. Here's some turnout gear. Have a great day. Um, it's one of those of you're going to sign up and you're going to show forth effort and wanting to be here. What was the process like? I've heard it's like one of those. They'll have 10 million people apply and they give three spots. Or something so, like yeah. And when I got hired, I was part of 3,000. Holy cow. 3,000 people took the written test. They did it in two different days, two Saturdays in February. And it snowed the second one. Thank goodness I was on the first. <laughs> but, like, I drove people to their class or to the written test because I had a four-wheel drive truck and they didn't. And, like, I drove people there and sat in the parking lot for two hours and played on my phone and then drove them back home afterwards. But it's you sat in a, take a 3,000 people thing. And then from there, it's whoever passes written test goes to the physical ability test. And it was a CPAT then. Yeah. And you run through the CPAT and that knocked out a ton of people. Were you like, cause you were already in the fire service, you kind of knew what to expect and you were good in that space or do you have to train for it? You have to train for the CPAT. It, it was one of those of you could go in blind and I could probably pass it today. I have no doubt I could pass it today, but if you went in blind and you had no training and no idea what you were doing, you weren't making it. Interesting. Um, like the first thing I think was, you had 10 and a half minutes to get it done. And there's a certain amount of time you had to be on a stair climber with 75 pounds on your shoulder. And like <laughs> people would get up on that stair climber and they'd take like five steps. Like, no, nah, I'm good. And they were done. And you're, they would just drop out, drop out. They're done. No Over. way. It was pass fail. What was it like for you? Um, I passed both times. I had to go through the process twice. Oh, I really? Was one of those kids. So did when, you make the written test first or did you fail the written test and had to nope, do that? Nope. Made, made it all the way to a chief's interview. No way. All the way to a chief's interview. And that was December. Something like that, and I'd heard nothing. So I signed up again for the next year. And funny enough, I got my thanks but no thanks letter the hour <laughs> after I took the written test. No like, way. Took the written test, and I'm back at home. So I you're got, lucky you went ahead and signed up, right? right? I got a thanks but no thanks letter, and I was like, I seriously thought it was for the one I just took. And I was like, Are you, wait, 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 what? So I'm calling people. I'm like, what, <laughs> what in the, the world happened? is going on? And they're like, oh, no, that's for the last process. Year. And I was like, oh. What do you think you learned from that first one that you didn't make it through? The only difference that I can come up with is more schooling and EMT. Oh, um, interesting. So that was a, a big thing. I, they wanted you to have EMT because EMT is not the easiest thing in the world to pass. Yeah. You, so they wouldn't want to hire you and then not, yeah, you know, you could couldn't pass spend it through. $100,000 on somebody to get them to the point of walking into recruit school. I mean, that's turnout gear and insurance and pay and all the physicals. You got to pay all the proctors to be at all these little tests you were already at. So yeah. you got – at least $100,000 in my mind, if not more, tied up in someone to walk into recruit school day one. Yeah. And so you'd hate to get them five weeks into recruit school and fire them because they failed EMT. Yeah. And like, yeah. we spent all this money on this guy, and now he's not able to complete this task, the yeah. first task. You what was the chief interview like? I feel like that would be nerve-wracking. Oh, uh, yeah. In the city was, of Charlotte, like with bad. all these big chiefs somewhere. That's bad. Um, it's one of those, I was nervous. I'm shaking and just – like, you say something, they're in their little pads and write them. And I'm like, what are they writing? Like, yeah. what did I say? They're like, drawing pictures they're of They're drawing like, pictures yeah. of whatever. Like, you have no idea what they're writing. But I'm sitting there watching these five chiefs and a captain, and I'm going, what are they writing? Like, yeah. what did I say wrong? And what's funny is the first time me and another guy, he got hired on the first year, and I didn't. It was his second year. It's funny. We sat beside each other in the written test, and somehow we had the times behind each other at the CPAT. And we had the times behind each other at the uh, background interview. We had the times of each other at the uh, polygraph interview. And then we had the times of each other. Like, I walked into my chief's interview, and he's sitting there. I was like, all right, this, something's going right. Like, this is great. Yeah. He got hired. I didn't. No, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, 
it's, it's funny. We kind of followed each other, and then I went back through the processes again, and I'm sitting there at the CPAT doing my thing, and there he is running in recruit school. I was like, that's funny. So, what does that teach you as you started your business? Like, you must have been thinking through, like, you wanted that bad enough. You were willing to push that ball hard enough to apply a second time, right. go through the whole process again. Failures will happen. Um, I've that, That's the big thing with the business. Failures are going to happen. And yeah. in the beginning, there are few and they're not few. They're not far between. <laughs> they're a lot. And you're yeah. going, why is this light not coming on? What am I doing wrong? Oh, even simple stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. like, turn the power on. Everything lights up, but that one. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why is that one? And turn it off. Start over. Like, start from the beginning. Go all the way back to the process yeah. of figuring out why that one isn't turning on now. Like, it worked a minute ago. Yeah. What did I do wrong? So, huge learning curves. Um, there was something I said the other day. We we did a build for uh, – is my first core build, Wheeling oh, nice. core build. Yeah, yeah. And lessons were learned, education was gained. Like it's one of those like, okay, th- this was this was a struggle. It's a whole different game. It's a you whole know? different ball game. It, Did again. that checklist process was that something that you learned throughout your education, your schooling, like being methodical? Yeah, having to take your time and going step by step because. I, I think I have ADHD. Is I'll be over here for a minute. And I'll go over here. And I'll go over here. And I'll be over here. And yeah. then I, I'll notice that when I'm doing stuff is I'll be putting the rear bar in and I'll get it halfway done. And then I'll be like, I need to take this door off. And I take the door off and I'm like, what was I doing before? Like, why, why am I messing with this door? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need to put a light on the outside. Okay. And I take the mirror off and I'm like, okay. And then I'll, I see something in the drill press. I'm like, Hey, that's for the rear bar. I need to mount that. <laughs> and I walk back there and went, this is where I started. Yeah. That like, why was I here? So that's, you're not going to get that out of you. So that, that little squirrel of all over the place, that's me. And, yeah. uh, my main up here, Bradley, he, he's the one of like, start at the grill and like, I'll need you to take the grill off, put the lights on it, hook it to the remote node, go, here's the wires need to go where, and he'll sit there all day and just <laughs> plug away. Um, yeah. the first day I let him loose, like I did a, um, Actually, it's a funeral van. I did a funeral van and wanted two of them. I did the first one and said, hey, man, this is what it's supposed to look like. I've got to go to shift. You'd work on this one. Sure. And it took me all day because I'm slow, methodical, and a squirrel, and I'm all over the place. He calls me like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm done. I was like, what? How are you done? Yeah. Like, how? no. There's no way you're done. He's like, yeah, I'm done. He sends me a video of it. It's running. It's perfect. That's awesome. I come in the next day. I come home for shifts. I don't even go inside. It was when the shop was beside the house. Don't even go inside. I walk right to the shop. I'm going to go pick this thing apart. Flip this switch on. It's phenomenal. Like, all right. Yeah. You're you're it, babe. Learning delegation that way. (sighs) Yep. Here you go. That's wild. So, and now it's like, I think he's there today. I made my phone just ring. It's probably him of like, hey, man, (laughs) what do you need me to do? So it's, uh, it's one of those of just learning. He's learned. Jumped him in on the deep end. Is yeah. Really and truly teach him everything I know. And if he leaves, guess what? If he owns, owns his own company, I hope he does the best. But yeah. Don't leave. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, I kind of need you. You're kind of important. Uh, but it's it's one of those of just being methodical. And uh, going to college shows that if you're able to complete a task. It's not yeah. just – it's not just this class. I've got to complete this class and this class and this yeah. one and this one. And that, I think that's what Charlotte was looking for is because they were big. When I got hired of 
degrees, two years, four years degrees. So they wanted and, to know kind of what you had and that yep. sort of thing. And yeah. EMT, if you can start EMT, there's a bunch of people who start EMT class. Yeah, started, don't finish it. Yeah. I started mine in a community college. There was 45 people that started. There was yeah. 10 of us that finished. That's wild. And it's one of those of, it was an online EMT class. That's like, actually how mine was too. It was like 40 down to four tested and passed. It yeah, was, I was like, like, wow. And I said at the end, there was like five or six of us, you're right, five or six of us passed the state test. And I was yeah. Like, and I remember walking out of the state test at whatever community college I was at, I was like, failed that. Yeah. <laughs> that was That's the worst wild. test I've ever taken. What did you learn in the academy that wasn't like firefighting, that wasn't putting out fires? Or academy or in the college, but like what were some of those non-skills you're going to take directly to your hired profession that, that you were able to pick up from those? I never went to college, so I don't learn nothing in college, but I'm curious, like – was there discipline? Was there, I mean, not just discipline, but like finishing the task or like, were there any really good mentors there that were like, man, that person really impacted what I do every day? There's a lot. I mean, you're, <clears throat> so at Charlotte, the training academy runs the academy itself, but the classes, each class is taught by someone else in the fire station. So it could be captain, whoever. Oh, off an engine, whatever truck. is yeah. going to come in and teach yep. a thing today. Yeah. It, then it was like, uh, Prime example, the fire chief taught water supply. No way. That's awesome. So you're sitting in class. You're like, fire chief's coming today. Building your P's and Q's. And he walks in. You're, uh, was that when Hannah was still working Hannah there? Was, no. Hannah like, I love that guy. So that Hannah awesome. would walk in, and you, he would never forget it. gallon of water weighs 8.33 pounds. He handed us a book, and he's like, don't follow that book. I'm not going to follow it. You're going to follow me. A gallon of water weighs 8.33 pounds. And that he said awesome. that once. He said that a million times. And that day, and that was the longest day I ever had at the academy. It was standard day. It was over with. But it was every other day, but it's the fire chief. Oh, yeah. Of the Charlotte Fire Department. <laughs> yeah. Standing in front of you, teaching you water supply. Like, yeah. A gallon of water weighs 8.33 pounds. Yeah, you're not going to forget that. It is that. ingrained in my head. That's cool. What 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 was it that made that so unique? Because I feel like a lot of guys loved the way he used to teach and he used to be in the fire service. What was it that made that so, so he magical? Was, uh, he was all in. It was you could call him out to the fire station. And don't get me wrong, uh, Chief Johnson. Somewhere now, I can call him. He has a sure. brown bag lunch. He'll come out and he'll talk with you. Whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, love him, hate him, whatever. But he'll have a brag bag, a brown bag lunch. There he goes, my English. And he'll come out. And he'll sit at the fire station. He'll talk with you. And uh, he's the fire chief of the city of Charlotte. This is a big deal. Yeah, that's uh, cool. But Hannon would come out, and I remember he came out one day, and he. When this was on age of 34, he came out and sat down and we had lunch and we talked about everything. And it went from fire trucks to scrub angles on ladder companies no to way. his 67 Chevette. Like <laughs> it went across the board of what we were talking about. And he talked to you and like you said in the end, I'm human. I put on my pants the same way you do. Yeah. He said, I'm just a fire chief. Yeah. If you screw up, you got to come after me. <laughs> yeah. But like. I remember we sat there, and on the whiteboard at 34, he's drawing scrub angles of ladder companies of stuff. We're on an engine company. Yeah. No, I'm not a ladder guy. I mean, you can have that mess. That's I'm an cool. engine yeah. company guy. Been that way my entire career. Um, other than being assigned there as a relief captain, I rode an engine company. Yeah. So I'm an engine guy. What was it like working with all the different – I mean, I feel like when you were the new, new out-of-recruit school recruit, or, you know, probie, in the fire station day one, like what was your crew makeup like? Because when the fire chief leads that way, especially in the early days, right. my, and, and I actually have not met the new fire chief. I'm sure he's just fantastic too. But when I think about someone that leads the servant mentality leadership, did that exist in your stations and at, like at the smaller battalion station crew level? 
Right, it did. So I went to the airport right out of the gate. Oh, did you really? Worst place to send somebody <laughs> right out of recruit school. Like go sit there and watch planes fly. Planes fly yeah. yeah. So went to Station Forty One, which is the slowest fire station in the city. The first tour, we were one call. Oh like, my Lights goodness. kicked on. I went. What is that? What do I do now? Like, <laughs> like go to a standby for us. Yeah, go go to a standby for a plane landing on center, and you literally drove at the fire station to the stop line in front of the fire and station. They land, no problem. You go back and you home. back up. <laughs> literally got in the truck, and I'm sitting there with the the captain. I was like. What do we do now? And he's like, we just sit here. And I went, seriously? That, this is firefighting. I went through all this cruise school. All this this. For this. And the guys, they were great. Um, yeah. Knowing that I'm the new guy and, like, know nothing. Like, I don't know freaking anything on this ARF truck. How did you learn that stuff? Hands on. Literally got out there because you have nothing else to do. <laughs> so it was, what else are you going to do? Play Xbox all day or I can go out and I can – open every door on this off truck yeah and i can and then i mean there was a recruit class right behind ours five weeks behind us so they had a guy come out five weeks behind me when he came out i was checking off to drive at the airport that's awesome so i was driving trucks on the airfield doing their whole lingo of checking in blaze, hold blaze, short yeah, all blaze four or five to tower and it's, i don't remember it now i mean that was 12 years ago yeah. so it's one of those of you're learning all the lingo i yeah. still have the book for the airport of learning where all the stops are. Yeah. The Sierra uh, Sierra runway west. Like, I'm trying to pull that out of my tail right now, but I could spit out. Here's how I want to go from here to there. That's funny. And read them back. We'll stop short of 3-6 center. Yeah. Okay. What did you guys talk about when you were not, like, when you're off, not, like, around the kitchen table? What was the what was the station conversation like? It could be anything. Uh, what's funny is Captain Tilly was my, Tilly? Tinsley. Tinsley was my first captain. I was assigned to another one, but he was my he was the like station leader. Mm. And his thing was you don't talk about religion or politics at the kitchen table. <laughs> you don't. Do whatever those else two, you want to talk about. Don't care anything else. It's open. Yeah. Those two, you don't talk about it. And to this day, that's what I carry as a captain. You do not talk about politics. You don't talk about religion at the fire station. That's how fights happen. And someone end up with a bloody nose yeah. with paperwork being done. Yeah. So it's one of those of he started with that, and it's it's been that way. It, you talk about everything. Do you ever talk business? I mean, I feel like this show is all yeah. about businesses that start yeah, you would be, fire service and then get into business. Yeah, you'd be talking about – I mean, that's the big thing. Is you'd be talking about some dude's landscaping business. Man, I broke three mowers yesterday or Billy Bob crashed into this. And you're talking – and it's, it's learning from like – Every fireman everywhere has got some type of sideline business, kind of like the same thing, like the way. Yeah. But it's it's learning from them and seeing of issues they're having. Of, mm. And I'm pulling it back in my head now going, I'm seeing that. Like, I yeah. see this guy's – God, he's a terrible, terrible person. I don't need him running this thing. Like, you need to go elsewhere. Thank God I haven't had that issue yet, but – Yeah, Brenner, people would bring that up and talk yeah, about their, yeah. their struggles. Yeah, their struggles of, a, of I, like, we need to hire. Sort yeah. <laughs> of. So, um, making sure you don't get the wrong person in there because you're really and truly going to put $10,000 worth of lights in this car, at least on our end, and you may never see this thing again. And yeah. somebody's life is on the line based on the work that you do. Yeah. yeah. And that, that you'll never see again. You may see it in passing. Did you learn any lessons from those guys, like your crew that were business people as you were kind of form, for 12 years ago, as you're forming your business? Yes. Were there things you didn't have to learn because someone told you? Yes. I mean, they're, they're teaching you to the start an LLC and start it here and don't just go in 
straight up as Travis Matthews is putting the car lights in cars. It's it's one of those of start an LLC, do it right, and yeah. do all the backside work before you ever get to the point of selling a light. Yeah. And actually, me and my wife came up with the business and the name sitting on our couch. That's and that, awesome. that's where it came. We're sitting there watch TV, and I was like, I'm tired of going from one fire station to another. Like, yeah. I, I'm killing myself. <laughs> Literally going from this one to that one and turn around and going back to this one again. So this thing started kind of looking something yeah. to go. Yeah, something do. different. Something to get yeah. away from the politics. I can't quit Charlotte, but something yeah. to get away from the politics of everyday working in a fire station to I've got to do something different. So were you working full-time before you started the business? Oh, yes. So uh, how did like how did that news go over when you told the guys, like, hey, I'm going to start getting into this? What did they say? So, like, I brought it. What's funny is when I started it, I was on Engine 15 on C-Shift. And those guys are great. They're, we've all got promoted out there to then, so none of the crew is the same. Um, but it's one of those that we, we started. And when I started the business, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to start this up. And they're like, you're crazy. Because yeah, every fireman does upfits. Yeah, every, over like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. You're just another guy that's doing upfitting, just like every other Joe Blow fireman. Yeah. And what's funny is they started messing with me, but I had a – I had a website. <laughs> so we still have a website, lightthewaync.com. Yep. And like three months in, my views are in the hundreds. And I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> like, who would find this thing? Yeah. Well, they didn't know. There's analytics. Oh, and yeah. I can see where it's <laughs> coming like, from. It's all yeah. my fire stations. All my fire stations. It. Yeah, you're, you're pulling up analytics, and it's like all in the city of Charlotte. I'm like, why? Why are they all in the city? Like one of them lives in Conover. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's all over in Conover. And I'm like, <laughs> why is all this in Conover? Pull it up, and I can narrow it down to pretty close. I mean, I can get within a street or two of where you're yeah. at. And I'm going, these guys. <laughs> so I didn't tell them. I just let them run with it. They oh, thought, yeah. like, I'd feed into it because I'm a – child oh, and yeah. <laughs> just feeding man, i got a lot of views this week it's great so i mean it's one of those of just feeding into their shenanigans yeah. but they were supportive um they've had me go do stuff on their volunteer fire trucks i went to conover and oh, put nice. lights on their trucks and this and the other it's one of those of you start getting a name for yourself and yeah. really and truly the website isn't pushing as much stuff for us yeah it's word of mouth it's, yeah the word of mouth is is great for what we're doing of, well, he did my truck, and, well, that looks great. Well, who did that one? And we've gone statewide at this point That's in cool. South Carolina just doing random Joe Blow, finding me on Facebook or word of mouth. Hey, I heard you, you did so-and-so's car, so-and-so's yeah. truck. And that's kind of what it starts. And um, I try to spend some time at home. Yeah. That's part of the 48 is home is a big piece. I'm still learning this work-life balance thing. Yeah, how do you manage the work-life side? Because, I mean, like, if you work 24-hour shifts, it's, what, 10 days a month in Charlotte? 10 days a month, yep. Then you got your volunteer gig, yep. and then you have your upfitting gig, right? and then you're married. Do you have any kids? I have two kids. Yes, and you're married, yeah. and you have two kids. Yeah. So there's 300 hours of things you got to fit into a 24-hour day. So Correct. how do you manage doing that? So it's a work in progress. <laughs> well, yeah, as it is for many. My, my wife would say it's it's not working out well, but it's working. <laughs> um, it's a work in progress. We're trying to, trying to fit it all in. I, I don't want to... I've kind of made it my thing of we got single shot days. So we have on a day, off a day, on a day, off two, on a day, off a day, on a day, off four. Oh, interesting. So we have an odd schedule. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte runs an odd schedule. So in that two-day block, I would work at the second day at the volunteers or at Light the Way. Oh, cool. So in the four-day block, I would work the last three. So like this is day three of my four-day. 
Okay. So when I leave here, I'm going to drive. So you schedule a day in your four-day that's like, no, this is my home day. Yeah, this is my home day. Day one is home. I come from work or come from Charlotte to home, and I do nothing. I may send an invoice. I may send some of that. And if people leave me alone. But you're not running wires. You're not not taking grills. Nope. Nope. Staying at home. That's cool. Doing whatever. Probably most of the time on a computer dealing with like the waste stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's but you're not in the shop. I'm not in the shop. Yeah. So, and then day two, three, and four, I'm in the shop. Um, yeah. And like this is day three. I'm literally going to leave from here and after lunch or whatever, I'm going to drive home and uh, my phone's ringing again. That's all right. Yeah. I want to go home and go upfit probably until yeah. five o'clock. If I make it home in time, I may spend an hour there and I may go straight home. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I know my guy's in the shop right now working. He texted me this morning and said, Hey man, I'll be there at seven. That's awesome. So he's got somewhere to be at noon. So he'll quit off at noon and I'll go see what he got done. And we'll go from there and tomorrow morning at eight o'clock, I'll be sitting back in the shop doing it all over again. What do you struggle with at, at like the way or kind of imbalancing the 24 and the 48 or whatever your four day versus your what is the big struggle there? The big struggle is always being able to spend time at home, mm. uh, family time. I don't want them to feel like they're getting shorted because they, they do get the short end of the stick sometimes. Mm. Is they're, I'm only seeing them, I'm gone for 24 hours, and the only time they see me is between bath and bedtime on a, a FaceTime, and that's yeah. it. Uh, they see me for 20 minutes, and then, hey, Dad, how are you? Hey, fire truck, woo, and – most of the time on engine 12, we're, we're busy. We're the second busiest engine company in the city. So you get home, you're tired. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we ran 50, 5,300, calls last year. Holy cow. Dude, so, that's crazy. So, I mean, we're, I'm just one of three of the busiest company in the city. So yeah. we, I'm tired when I come home, but they only see me for a little bit. And sometimes that 20 minutes is five minutes because yeah. the bell hits and day's got to go and, there's so no, you're still volunteering at home. So even like if you get an alarm, whatever at home, you're you're off to the volunteer station. Yes, and if yeah. it's it's one of those, I, I kind of pick and choose those. I don't go sure. on the medical call because we have a crew there. If there's a crew to handle it, then then they're they call for it. second duty, right? right. And yeah. then like if there's, it's one of those of I get the text message on my phone. I'll see it. The pager will be off because I'm not one to hear it on my single shot day. But if they get a medical call and. Two minutes later, a house fire goes out. I'm going because yeah. there's no one else to run it. Yeah. They're already down the street handling the call. Yeah. So they're on their first one, and they're tied up till EMS gets there. So we'll run the second call, and I think last year we had 330-some-odd calls. That, that happened that way. Oh, wow. There's two calls back-to-back. Yeah. And sometimes we pull out the fire station going to the medical, and something else comes out. Then you got to divide. you got to divide and conquer. Yeah. And... Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, I live a mile from the fire station. So, so you're close enough. I'm close. Yeah. It's it's funny. There's another volunteer. It's me, him, and the fire chief all pull up together. That's awesome. At night. So if we pull up, if I'm running calls at night, if I'm going to Charlotte, I won't run the calls because I've got to get ready for my full-time gig. They yeah. pay the bills. Sorry. Yeah. Um, are there any lessons you've learned that are really hard lessons in your business as you've been starting? Kind of with, within all this balance, I feel like you've got you got a pot that's about to boil, and then you got to have – Yeah. Time you know, is the key is – I would go out at Odark when the shop was beside the house. I could go in at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. I've been doing that before. Uh, going out at 4, and I could get three hours of work in before the girls are up. Mm. And once my girls are up, I'd get them ready for school, take them off school, come back and go back to the shop. Yeah. Well, I'd stand out there all day, and then they'd come, my wife Kristen would go pick them up, and then 5 o'clock comes around, and I would come in. But I'm still, my mind is out there 
100 foot from the house going, what if I do this? So it was never turning off. The The biggest thing that helped us was selling that place with the shop beside it and moving it off campus. Of When I leave our Aberdeen place, when I leave my shop in Aberdeen, it's gone. It's cut off. Mm. I've got a 20-minute drive to go back and be like, I should have ran that wire over here. And, and that's not feasible. That's, yeah. okay, tomorrow morning I'll go look at it. Yeah. And, heck, I've left home, driven to the shop, worked for 30, 45 minutes, and then went to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. I've done that before of I need to get this ready for Bradley when he comes in to be able to do this. Yeah. Or I need to make sure my computer's here so he can do the next step. So do you all have a few employees that are working for you now? So – when I was at home, I had, or when the shop was beside my house, I had like my neighbor was helping me. That's awesome. But um, another paramedic, the guy I just sold the first light to, he works for me too. He works for Stanley County UMS. Nice. And uh, he kind of was able to help back and forth. But now that I've moved it to Aberdeen, it's so far away from him. Yeah. It's an hour and a half drive for him to get there. So it's an hour and a half drive, work eight hours, an hour and a half home. That's a long way. That's a long ways. Long yeah. ways, just eight and a half hours. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I did that as when Cameron Fire Department was thing. I'd lived in Charlotte and drove from Charlotte to home, work eight hours and drive back. Yeah. I'm a dummy. He doesn't have to be. So I got a huge work ethic. Uh, work it sounds on, like you yeah. like to hustle, man. It's great. So, it's like, <clears throat> I grew up moving. on a farm. I grew up on a farm. Um, we didn't know no downtime. Yeah. Uh, downtime was midnight. And guess what? Tractors have lights on them, and they yeah. work then, too. <laughs> so I've been there. We used to prime tobacco when I was a kid. So, oh, man, that's awesome. So it was full-time. My grandfather worked on the railroad full-time, and it was his farm. He worked on the railroad, and he would work at night. So he would work all night long. He'd come in at probably 7, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, sleep till about 8. He'd get up, and we'd prime tobacco all day. No way. And then we'd turn around, <laughs> and then we would. he would literally go in, take a shower, get in his car, go to Raleigh. Yeah, and he would drive from he would drive in the train from Raleigh to Hamlet and back, get in his car and come home, sleep for two hours, do it again, do it again, over and over and over and over and over. So he doesn't sleep, and I got my work ethic from him. Yeah, so that's what I did. When he woke up, the tractor was ready to go. Like we were ready to rock. <laughs> it is time to go. And there's other stuff that I was able to help speed that process up as I got older. I mean, I was driving a tractor at seven. Do you struggle finding <laughs> people that can keep up? Yes. How do you how do you set I'll, their expectation when they start working with you? I've got to set their expectation elsewhere from mine because yeah. not everybody's an idiot like I am and <laughs> work like that. So uh, kind of going back to the tractor thing, like when I I taught myself to drive a tractor, I'd watch my grandfather drive it a hundred times. I'll never forget Nanny; she was very pissed when I drove the first time <laughs> because I found the track. We didn't we were short that day. Somebody yeah. was sick. My great grandmother was sick or something. So I found the tractor beside the field and I went hmm. I've I'll seen him it. do this a hundred times. <laughs> I know how to do this. I couldn't even reach the clutch pedal. I just yeah. held the starter till it jumped and drove to the end of the field. And what's funny is I got out of the end of the field the same time as my grandfather was coming out <laughs> with the tobacco primer. And he gets out and he goes, okay. That's so he awesome. hooked the trailer up and put it in gear and sent me on my way. That's awesome. And here I pull over at the barn and like, do, 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 look what I've done. And my grandmother loses it, loses her mind. How dare you? I'm seven years old. That's awesome. And she went, she come back out there and she's yelling at my grandfather and they're like, <laughs> he's like, why? Why are you upset at me? He drove it out here. If he drove it out here, he can drive it back. Yeah. And she went, well, yeah, he's seven. And it, that was it. it was, that was the start. So I couldn't even push the clutch in. I had to cut it off, change so gears, else, yeah. stand on the clutch, crank it, and then jump up on the seat. Dump it and, and sit, sit back. Seat. So awesome. it was bad. <clears throat> um, but 
so the work ethic is there, and I can't put my work ethic. Some people's are not going to be as high as mine. Yeah, and and I don't expect it to be. I expect it to be high, but it doesn't have to be as high as mine because two things: it's not their company. Yes, they sure. have buy-in, but it's not theirs. Like this is my baby. Yeah, it's not their baby. They're just having to work here. Yeah, and like Bradley's taken fully in. Yes, he works another job. He works somewhere else full time. Yeah, but. I mean, he doesn't have to come work for me for four hours today. Yeah. He could literally sit at home and do nothing, just like every other 22-year-old. Yeah. But, no, he's going out and he's busting his tail and coming into work for four hours and then going to his full-time gig. And then, like, I know he can work four hours on Wednesday and he can work a full day on Monday and a full day on Friday. Tuesdays and Thursdays are trash. That's his full-time eight to, like, nine at night. He works at the bowling alley. He's the oh, nice. maintenance guy. So <laughs> that's awesome. So that that's his kind of thing is he's got this weird schedule that falls along. Yeah. And like I can't expect him to be there on a Saturday. And like the weekends are mine. That's what I've always said. The weekends are mine. The kids are at home. Wife's at home. Um, so that those are my time with the family. But sometimes I gotta get trucks out the door and it sucks, but I've gotta go build fire trucks. What does a future state of your business look like? If you could paint the picture of where you want to be, even if it's not on the path, but like what is it where do you really want to be going with this thing? So that's funny you asked that me and Kristen actually talked about that last, last night of what is your end game? And I was yeah, like, I don't know what my end game is. I really don't have one. It's when I started out it was just the off road LED bars that everybody and a brother hates. But then it went from that to emergency vehicles. And that's I used to put lights in my truck and everybody else's truck. Why don't I do this? So it's expanded from six years ago from this little tiny infancy to what it is today. And like, we're looking at expanding. I'm looking at hiring more people. Um, I've got so many bids in now. The problem is, is I think I got eight cars that are pending. So I've got the stuff for like five of them sitting in the shop, taking up space that I can't put a vehicle in because I don't have the space for it. Yeah. But even if I had the space for it, I don't have the personnel to put on it to actually physically get it out in time. Do you envision having like a bunch of bays with a bunch of installers? Or I'd do you love to have staying uh, in it like yourself. So, yes, I'd love to stay it myself. I'd love to turn and wrench this part. The business side, you can have that mess. That That's funny. Taxes and oh, <laughs> bane of my existence. Yeah. But what's funny is I say that and my wife's like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Because it is. It's just terrible. The business side of it. If I could just upfit vehicles, so you love and get being paid. in the shop, actually oh, yeah. working on the cars. If I could turn wrenches every day, I'd be good. Um, but jamming the music, turn wrenches all day, yeah, absolutely. Um, but the business side of it, the actual sitting at a computer typing, no, I could zero figs. <laughs> no, I want to do that. So it's one of those. It's learning curve. Um, but yeah, there's. I'd love to envision to see it. I had a 30 by 50 shop. I'd love to, and we were growing out of it. I went from a 30 by 50 beside the house to a 25 by 30. So I went half the size. So now I'm either going to have to go, I know a 30 by 50 will work, but I know that I'm going to outgrow it in immediately. As soon as I go in, I'm too big. Yeah. So I'm looking at a bigger space. And then it's where in Moore County is there a bigger space to put this thing that's not astronomically priced yeah because like charlotte i could find a space they're they're in abundance i could find a place uh mooresville any place like that uh just they're everywhere go on facebook marketplace there's a hundred of them yeah um they're not there in moore county and 
I don't want to be so far from home that I'm having to drive an hour to get there. Like I could go to Albemarle, which would help one guy, but it hurts me. I don't want to drive an hour to work on a car and drive an hour home. That's stupid. Yeah. Not when I can do it for 20 minutes down the road. Uh, If I could find a space or a commercial space and build it, that'd be great. But just today, I just can't find a space to fit for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm in the growing pain stage of I've got to get bigger, but do I have the money, financial means and enough money income coming in to actually bring a paycheck home, which I haven't. Yeah. That's the question. Like, do you want to leave the fire department one day and do this full time? Or is the fire department where you love that's your heart hangs there and your rest hangs somewhere else. So the hearts and the fire service, uh, I'm never going to leave Charlotte. I'm not leaving (laughs) two things. The pay's too good. Benefits too good. I'd be stupid to leave. That'd be stupid. That'd be the worst decision ever. Now retiring however long I've got left. Yeah. um, 19 years. I think something like that. That gets my little one out of high school. Great. But that's 19 years from now. Yeah. I can't stay in my little 30 by 25 shop for 30 years or 19 years. There's no way. Yeah. Um, we're growing too big. Like I just got up. I want to bid for, I know of at least three of 10 vehicles. I don't have a place for them to go. Yeah. That's interesting that like that the physical space can be such a barrier and that the work is so good at the city. It feels like that's what sounds like. That's what really fills your bucket. Like yes. that if you're working on that busy, going from the airport station to engine 12, being one of the busiest stations in right. the city, I feel like it, it just sounds like that really ticks the boxes for what gets you excited. Yeah. Where you I, want to be. I'd much rather be running calls today. The, the worst place you can be is in a fire station with time on your hands. Yeah. Because you've got nothing else to do with your time. So I went from Engine 15 as a firefighter to one of the busiest top three fire stations in the city, getting promoted to captain, and now going from being a relief captain to having an assigned company to Engine 12. And I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'd be stupid to go anywhere. What was the best day, like, in your fire service career? What was your best day? There's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's been some cruddy ones, but there's been a lot. Um Probably, I don't know. I don't know if it's promotion. It's hard to rank them. You got me there. Hmm. Um, probably either promotional when I promoted to captain. Because what's funny is I never even went to my promotional ceremony. <laughs> I wasn't even there. Uh, my daughter was born the day before. Oh wow! So my daughter was born the first. I was promoted the second. So like so the, chief, the chief's interview, the whole nine, you're supposed to go up there and, hey, how are you doing? That never happened. <laughs> then you tell my like, guys, I literally just had a baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm with her. My, yeah. cap, my captain called him at the time was like, he's not coming. They're like, oh, yeah, he's got to. And he's like, no. <laughs> then the guys had your back. Yeah. He's like, he's not, they're not coming. So, I mean, but Iris was in the hospital. We were in there for a week. So oh, wow. we were still in the hospital yeah. when all of that happened. So it's one of those of, it's one of those things of, I'm not going to come in today yeah today's not the day for me to come in and try to play your game of hey how are you doing this is what i expect of you and yeah. and in the end i had that conversation but sure, like, the course. day it was supposed to happen didn't happen do you get the same <laughs> thrills in your business that you do in the fire service yes they're they're a little different here there uh, there's not the big adrenaline rush of you get hit for a house fire and you turn the corner on south boulevard yeah, there's a column of smoke like, yeah. that is burning um, there, you don't have none of that and sitting in there going, Hey boys, it's rocking. Like you better get dressed. Yeah. Um, but seeing a truck, seeing people's, uh, faces when they show up of, they literally handed me a Tahoe and a month from now they get this Tahoe back and it's everything they envisioned. They wanted it to be. 
And yeah. if it's not, I'm going to make it whatever they wanted it to be. Um, like it's just it's amazing to see them be happy with it, and then talking with them later and going through hiccups here or there because hiccups happen. Of hey, I've had this thing for a year now. This is rattling or this is loose or stuff happens, mm. and it's going back. And see, are you still happy with the end product? And, oh yeah, we love it. And um, I actually did a sheriff's department car. I did two of them actually, and. One was half done by their upfitter. He retired in the middle of an upfit. Oh. Like, yes. Unique timeline. Yeah. Great. Phenomenal. So here I am walking halfway in the middle of something going, I don't know where any of this stuff runs. I don't know where this goes. I don't know nothing. I just, here's a truck. Here's a light bar on top and a console. And it went, it doesn't cut off ever. Like the, <laughs> the radio stays on all the time. So it has no timer in it. Like he didn't put a timer in it. So I went and put a Blue Seas automatic timer disconnect in it. That was step one. Finish the upfit out to where it all cuts off as it's supposed to. And then the very next truck is its twin. So we took its twin, built it all the way out. And then a week later, I get a phone call like, hey, man, we need to talk. I said, okay. So I go back to Sheriff's Department. I said, what's wrong? He's like, what did you do different in this one, and how do we put it in the rest? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And went, we took the console apart, and you can tell where all the wires are ran. I know where every wire is. I know where every wire goes. And it's all together. They're all together. They're zip-tied together. They're neat and clean. You don't open it up and go, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. And, and they have some of those. You'll open the console up, and I'm going, I'm going to put this back together, and I'm going to send this car as far away from me as I can. Yeah, you're looking at it going, this is terrible. Yeah. I, I had one the other day. It showed up, and they're like, half the light bar doesn't light up. Yeah. What do you mean half the light bar? Either it runs or it doesn't. It's not half. You don't no, wire half of it together. You don't yeah. Put half and half. It was half the light bar. Turn it on, the passenger side lit up. Okay, half the light bar works. Why does the other half not work? Test it. I don't have the voltage. Test all the battery battery. I got voltage. See, what I it is, that. he's got. I'm chasing his mess down, and mm. it was a bad. We don't crimp anything. We don't use any buck connectors. That's our little thing. Solder heat shrink everything. <clears throat> we solder heat shrink everything. So if we do it, any build, unless I have to put a connector on it to plug it in, it gets soldered and it gets heat shrinked in marine heat shrink. Yeah. So I don't even use the non-glue heat shrink. We, yeah. It's just easier for me just to buy it, spend extra money, and be done with it. So we put it, I took it apart, soldered it all back together. It's magical. The whole light bar lights up. And we're like, how'd you do that? And I went, I did the job properly. I just did what I was supposed to do. I mean, what what else do you want from me? And it's it's little things. I've got to go back now and looking at cards he's done before. Now they're melting wires and they don't know why. I was like, well, I can narrow it down. Yeah, it's probably what's inside of that console. But yeah, it's it's figuring out and it's it's always a learning curve of figuring out what you've got to do for the customer to make them happy. What would you tell a, a, a firefighter or other public servants at fire police EMS, whatever, that's considering making the shift to the business world or adding or starting or getting into their side hustle or growing it? What would you tell them that you've learned that's valuable for them to know? Sit down with multiple people. Like sit down with multiple people that have a successful business that you've seen successful. Yours, for example. It's just, just be able to sit down and be like, all right, what? Doing this. Just what? What did you do that got you to here, and what were your struggles? What were your your the hard times for you? Was it having to put a building in? Well, I put a building beside my house because it was easy, but I needed a building because 
it was in my garage and I went from a garage space with two cars in it that my wife used to be able to park in with a baby <laughs> to I got three fire trucks in there or I got two fire trucks and three sitting out beside the yard and she's like you got to do something yeah to learning all the the curves of what it is and every business is different if you own a lawn care business you could give zero figs about my 30 by 50 building and you don't need that space or maybe you do maybe you want it all inside so it's talk with varying business owners to learn what their issues are what they've found out by trial and error and oops and i really screwed that one up and this almost shut us down i mean i have those the third bid i ever did about shut light the way down what happened he didn't pay he wanted a this guy wanted a net 30 and me and my wife talked about it she's like yes we'll do it he never paid thirty seven hundred dollars in lights no like way six months into a business about shut us down holy so God. like i we so do your due diligence make sure someone's credible for right you. And if you're going to do that i mean it's one thing to have terms to more county sheriff's department like okay i know where their building is <laughs> i have a i have a yeah. paper that's got you like this dude was in new york and it oh, was a no. learning curve of, and i've got videos of his car running and no like way. hey here's your lights man it'd be great to get paid Still yeah. hasn't paid. That was too to this bad. day. Oh, to this no day. way. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, whatever. I harassed him for a little while on Facebook. It's like he wrecked his car or something. Something was broken in front. I went, if you'd have paid your upfitter or the guy you bought it from, he'd probably fix it for you. Send. That's crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm petty. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I just can't imagine. Like, you know, and, and I guess as you start a business, you wouldn't think about, like, I can think of, we had one, it was actually funny. We had one business in North Carolina that didn't pay us. This is, 12, 15 years ago. And it was like $10,000 or something like that. And I remember similarly, like we gave the guy terms. I'm like, okay, I guess. Sure. Yeah, you know? Sure. Here you go. And then they installed the, it was on a fire truck. Fire truck got refit. Somewhere actually might've been your area. It wasn't you, of course, but it was a company in that area. They, <laughs> no, they installed lights in this truck. They didn't pay us the bill. They had factored, I think the receivable. So like they used, we gave them terms. Someone else didn't give them terms. So they used the money. The customer paid them up front to buy the stuff from the other company. And then the order got canceled. So they had the gear. They had no money. We'd sold them lights. They put them on the truck. We knew where the truck was. So I went down. What am I going to repossess lights off a fire truck? Right. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. So that's the only other way faster to go out of business is to be on the news repossessing lights off a fire truck. Right. <laughs> do something else. So it's tough because like when you think I want any any business that could come in my door is good business. Well, maybe not so much. There right. might be business that comes in the door that's not great business. Right. You know? I mean, because the dude with the lights on the fire truck, he didn't do that. Yeah. He, he paid for them. He's paid for his lights. Yeah. And I mean. We haven't done that. We've heard horror stories. It's crazy. Joe Blow Company has put lights in my truck, and now we're hearing that we've paid for them, but we're hearing but they that haven't paid. And they the haven't customers paid. like, well, I've, I paid for these. I paid my for lights. These. I bought yeah. them. Yeah, I so. bought these things, and here they are in my fire truck. So you have a great day. There's the door. Yeah, and I've heard of that. I've seen it, and going, wow, that's yeah, terrible. It's tough. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Travis, I want to um, let our viewers know, number one, how can they get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your business or chat tech or get their vehicle update? Where will they find you online? So all the socials are at Light the Way NC. So the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I've started one of those. Nice. Um, uh, it's all of it's Light the Way NC because I'm a dumb fireman and i got to make things easy. Simple. Um, the same way on our Facebook or our, our webpage, it's LightTheWayNC.com. So that's Light the Way and then NC, like North Carolina.com. Perfect. Um, our email address at sales at like the way it, I'm telling you, we're simple. <laughs> we're simple great. folk down here. So it's, it's one of those that reach me that way. Um, you'll be able to get me 
That way, I don't really want to give my phone number out because you'll be calling me all the time. Totally be fine. Terrible. <laughs> well, Travis, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for talking with us about your time in the fire service, your time starting this business, and the way you serve others around your area with lighting tech. Absolutely. Thanks we'll for having me. Catch you later. Yes, sir.